Would you stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship? Christ has risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways, given us friends and family, work to do, material goods and physical health, enriched our lives with music, arts, amazing technologies, and great natural beauty, and on top of it all, eternal life as well but we confess our gratitude is sporadic and our praise muted. As much as we have, we still want more. Our appetites are large and our souls restless. Gracious God, we acknowledge that we are far from giving you the thanks you deserve. Beyond what is mortally conceivable, in spite of our lack of gratitude, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. To all who turn and truly repent, he says, hear the good news, you are forgiven. Thanks be to our great God. 
on a number of announcements there. I've been on vacation for the last four days with babysitting uh, grandchildren. <laughs> today, actually, our theme of this day uh, comes from Jesus' discussion with disciples. They're sort of bragging about their, you know, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, bring me this little child over here, the friend of child. He says, unless you change, you become like a little child. You can't ever end the kingdom of heaven. Now, I haven't spent four days with little baby Clark behind me. And if I rip my nose off, that little scar's right here. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure if that's what he meant. Um, but I think that uh, we'll take a look at what perhaps he didn't mean about uh, learning to enter into the kind of humility, the childlike trust that is what it's all about, uh, being a child of God. Well, I welcome you here today. There are lots of announcements in the world. You'll notice. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we have this little cure-off chat thing down here. There's things that you can sign up for. Uh, they're coming very shortly. Uh, one is uh, tomorrow. For those of you who are commissioning cures and other things, um, tomorrow morning is the deadline for the bulletin. The newsletter deadline for the summer newsletter. So uh, you're going, oh, yeah, I said, all right, I want to write. Um, you have a few hours this afternoon. You're working on the deadline tomorrow. So that is the opposite. Email that in. That's great. Uh, then next Saturday, a whole lot of things are converging next Saturday. Uh, is the Deacon Spring Cleaning. Uh, excuse me, it's, all, it's the Trustee Spring Cleaning from 8 till noon next week. You can come, grab jobs for all kinds of skill levels, uh, working outside is primarily a big part of it. Uh, love to have you be a part of it. River Hand, Delta Donuts. Um, another part of the church, the Deacons will be putting together. Um, Cookie baskets you have to go down, folks. Uh, if you would like to bake cookies for that and bring them in by Friday evening, or if you would like to deliver, uh, you can do that. You'll notice there's a place that's happening in the bulletin as well. I'd love to have you do that. And then Saturday evening, after all your partner during the day, a fellowship commission has planned a wine tasting fellowship with that. Um, and today's your last chance to sign up. Um, it says in the bulletin that um, we need your $50 now. You can actually do that at the door of the community. And also, most of you know that this week was Earth Day, and um, it seemed to be uh, because of uh, Earth Day's presence to remind ourselves that, that God commanded us from the beginning to be good stewards of this planet that was entrusted to our care. So, we have a little something to remind us about that.
We are given that dominion by God as a trust for Him. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish, the sea, and the birds in the air, over every living creature that moves on the earth. Our challenge as Christians is to decide what do we do with that power. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed. They will be yours for food, and to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of Does this mean we can use this great creation any way we wish? Does it mean we can waste, despoil, ruin, and tear down as we see fit? Is the dominion freed to be careless with this world? God saw all that he had made, and it was very bright. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So far, in all the solar system, in all the galaxy, in all the universe, we have not an iota of life, not a micro, not a bacteria, only here. As the hymn says, For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love from which our birth over and around us lies, Lord of all, to thee we raise, this our hymn. children of the congregation forward for a morning lesson. one another. 
And so our caring for creation commission, that's one of the meetings that some of our parents go to, um, put together these very unique light bulbs. I'm going to hand out each one of these. Each have and oh, what he's talked about. See, it's, it's in the shape of a light bulb because one of the things that God wants us to be careful about is how much light we use, or how much water we use, or things like that. But there isn't there isn't an unlimited amount of this stuff, and God has asked us to to be careful about how much we use. So what this is. Is a mission thing. It's a way for you this week to go into your house and mark down each time you turn a light on. Do you see how that would work? Flip it to this side. See this side? See on the top it says turning light on. You can take a pen or a marker and you can color in the light bulb on the on side. And then when you shut the light off, see this other side? Oh, you got two. Thank you. On the turning light off side, you can color it in when you shut the light off. That's one small way we as God's children can be careful about caring for the earth, a way we can celebrate Earth Day. And I'm actually going to bring one home too. What you should do is keep, keep it with you this week and try to mark it down and then bring it back to worship next week. And we can, we can hand it in and, and give thanks to God for our efforts. So would you pray with me? God, we give you thanks that you have created everything we see, even us. Help us to be careful about what we use, your creation. Please bless each of these children. Be with them this week. We pray in Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Thank you.
Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds so that we can hear, comprehend, and live according to your scriptures. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5, and can be found on page 19 in the New Testament in the Pew Bibles if you wish to follow along. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put in the crowd and said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. This is the word of the Lord. How often have you heard someone say, especially as they contemplate the future, I don't want to be a burden. Don't want to be a burden to others. Don't, don't want to be a burden to my family, to my kids, to my church, etc., etc. Don't want to be a burden. Jesus has a wonderful response to that. He says, uh, to, I don't want to be a burden. He says, look. If you don't work as hard as you can and save as much as you can, investing wisely in a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds, your future is going to be tragic and pathetic, and you're going to die all alone, and nobody will love you. Oh, that's the Gospel of Thomas the Doubter. I forgot. No, here's what he really says. Jesus says, in response to, I don't want to be a burden, is, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, Unless you humble yourself and put a childlike trust in me, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, now Jesus is not saying to be totally irresponsible and to don't give any thought to the future at all. But on the other hand, it seems to me that a great deal of the anxiety that we're seeing today over diminished nest eggs is a clear sign of how spiritually bankrupt we were long before the housing bubble burst. Uh, in a fine book that uh, Bob Gorski gave me called Reclaiming the Body, co-written by a, a physician and a medical ethicist, uh, who are both Christians, by the way, the authors take on this very phrase and the idea behind it of not wanting to be a burden, a remark that, as you might imagine, they hear a lot in in their field, especially physician in later life medical issues. What they have to say is powerful and provocative, and I thought I would just read a little bit of this to you. They say, even non-Christians should understand that those who hold such a sentiment are far too late. Having been carried by our mothers, raised from infancy, eaten food grown by other people, lived on land others sweated and bled over, learn from the work of countless humans with whom we have had the unacknowledged honor of sharing the planet, all of us, sick or well, are always, already burdens. Then they kind of go into the motivation of what they think is behind that statement when we say, and we all do say that, don't we? I don't want to be a burden. What we suspect people mean by not wanting to be a burden is that they wish not to lose their illusions of autonomy. 
It's difficult to know if our lust for autonomy and our phobia for being burdened are symptoms of or the root causes of the present age's lack of trust. Are we terrified of losing control because there's no one left to trust? Or do we lack trust because we assume everyone, even our children, will exercise their control at our expense? Either way, they say, the whole at the center of our lives is at once community-shaped and God-shaped, where we are refugees in search of a place, a respite from the desperate sense that we are abandoned, alone in the universe, without companionship. They end with this powerful note. Christians shaped by baptism and the practice of hospitality learn to receive everything as a gift and simply don't have time for nonsense like not wanting to be a burden. For the people Jesus gathers to love and serve the Lord and each other, there is too much to be done. Pretty powerful stuff, huh? For those of us who call ourselves Christians especially, this whole thing about not wanting to be a burden is ludicrous in light of what Jesus has already done on our behalf, right? Taken the burden of our sins upon the cross? Jesus died for you and you don't want to be a burden? That after the cross we should presume to be able to live a life that doesn't burden others is really dishonoring what Christ already did on our behalf. It's true that as Christians we make a huge point about serving others. We're called to do that. But we also have to be willing to be served ourselves. Otherwise, we don't show any evidence of that childlike trust in God that we're called to have. And it's worth adding, by not allowing others to be served, to not allowing ourselves to be served, we deny others the opportunity to be servants themselves. Look at Jesus' own example. Jesus serves big time, doesn't he? He's, he preaches and he's healing. He's teaching for hours on at a time. He, he's giving hour after hour, day after day. But he's also, remember the stories, able to receive. He asks a, a Samaritan woman when he's at a well that he could easily have himself gotten the water from. He says, would you give me a drink? There's constant examples of him having dinner at friends' homes and even probably more significantly, lots of dinners at strangers' homes. He allows a woman to anoint him with extraordinarily expensive perfume. He doesn't say, oh, what a waste, what a waste. And he allows another woman to wipe his feet, his dirty feet, with her hair and her tears. How many of us would allow anybody to do that for us? I know this image of not wanting to be a burden is so embedded in, in our sort of American, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, independent sort of thinking. It's so embedded in our thought that, that I'd like to kind of throw it out today and, and suggest to you another image that I think is a little more appropriate that came to me as, as all great images do on um, middle school confirmation retreat. 
And this is a, a hat off to Fiona Marnick said, uh, you'll figure that out later. What I particularly want you to do is to throw aside for this morning this image of, of being a burden to others. And instead, I'd like to encourage you to think of uh, yourself, all of ourselves, as mountain climbers. What? Where each of us takes turns belaying others on the team. Belay is a, is a nautical term that's made its way into mountain climbing, and it means simply to hold fast. Here's how it works. The climber is in a harness attached to a rope, and the rope goes up to a fixed point uh, somewhere above them or sometimes right by them that they've put in themselves. And then the rope goes through this pin, pin or piton and is attached to the rock there and then back down to someone either on the ground or just further down the mountain um, uh, from the climber. And, and that person on the bottom is the one who's on belay holding fast the one climbing above so that if the climber should slip, they can keep them from falling all the way down. Now, here the guy in the bottom is on belay for the girl climbing above. And it doesn't seem like a big deal in that first picture or in this one. Uh, they're not very far off the ground. But you can begin to see as you get to an actual mountain, the importance of the person on belay gets pretty critical. You have to trust the one below you on belay. You trust them with your life. Jesus says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, Unless you humble yourself and put a childlike trust in me, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I would suggest to you that, indeed, as Christians, we know that the whole world is on belay by God. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. Next time you catch yourself thinking, I don't want to be a burden, stop and allow yourself, make yourself receive. It'll be a good and humbling thing for your soul, and also you're going to give an opportunity for others to serve. See, we, we climb as a community. You have to you know, you've had your turn at belay. Now it's your turn to climb. You'll be back on belay again. It's another's turn. We take turns, each of us holding the rope for the others. It is not a burden. It's what mountain climbers do. If you try and do it all alone, to climb mountains throughout your whole life on your own, sooner or later, you're going to fall off the mountain and you're going to die all alone. A couple came to see me a, a few weeks back after their house had burned. It, it, it had been just really a, a couple of days since uh, the fire and they were still struggling emotionally 
with the whole event. They lost, a, fortunately, there hadn't been any loss of human life, but they did lose a dear pet, a, a dog of theirs, and, and the house had sustained considerable damage. But can you guess what caught them by surprise the most in the whole event? Got any idea? I know it's kind of a rhetorical question there. What shocked them the most was the sense of community that they experienced. This is a couple that wasn't really engaged in their community too much. They'd, they'd moved in there a few years back, but, but every, you know, in the winter, everybody's kind of in their house, but in the summer, when people kind of get out and meet each other and whatnot, they go off to their, their summer cottage uh, up on Lake Geneva, and they're never home on the weekend, never. They, so they never see anybody. But the shock for them was that, that at the fire, while they're all standing around the house and it's smoldering and the fire department's trying to put everything out and all of that, uh, neighbors that they hardly know, that they don't know at all, are bringing them food. They're pressing money into their hands. Uh, they even receive this handmade note from a little eight-year-old who comes up to them from the neighborhood who expresses his sorrow for the dog that they've lost in the fire. They are shocked. And they talk about how hard it was for them to accept any of those gifts. We didn't even know these people. And they were pressing all of these things into our arms. They had never experienced community in their lives. They didn't know how to receive the free gift of the compassion of others. I urge you this week to humble yourself and, and become as a child trusting in your God who has the whole world on belay and trust in others. When somebody wants to do you a kindness, let them. Don't say, oh, I, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't allow that. Just let them do it for the good of your soul and theirs. See, we can't get to the top of God's mountain unless we do it together. Before every climb, there's this little conversation that takes place between the person on belay and the climber. And it kind of goes like this. When the climber's ready to start climbing, he or she says, on belay. And hearing that, the person on belay checks to make sure uh, the ropes aren't tangled up and all the other stuff that's involved there. And every, if everything looks good, responds, belay on. Then the climber says, climbing. And the blair says, climb on. It seems to me like a wonderful language for those of us who, who don't want to be burdens to recognize how much really God has put us together in community to recognize and to honor that, to serve and to allow ourselves to be served. So what we're going to do here this morning that you might remember that we are all children of God climbing this mountain of our lives together. In closing, I sort of want to divide this room up. So this will be the um, climber side over here, and you are going to be the on belay person side, okay? So here we go. We'll see if we can do this. This will be our words to each other. Hear those in your hearts. On belay, belay on, climbing. Climbing on. Amen.
come now to our time of prayer to the God in whom we trust our lives and those of our loved ones and this whole planet. Um, we celebrate a couple of good events. All of, We had several folks, as you know, in Iowa last week uh, working there helping uh, flood victims. Um, they're all back now and uh, we're thankful for all of the work uh, that they were able to accomplish. Um, also, we were on confirmation retreat last week. We have wonderful confirmands and confirmation is coming up on May 17th. Uh, they're all great climbers, but Fiona Marnik said has achieved new heights in climbing, so good job, Fiona. Um, we also celebrate the fact that um, Matt Resch, um, our child of the church, a student at Princeton Seminary, is in worship with us today with his wife, uh, Jennifer, and daughter, Emma. Um, we're glad to have them. They are here for both a sad and, I think, a happy reason. Sad because of a, a, a funeral in the family, but also tomorrow, Matt goes before the Care and Preparation for Ministry Committee of the Presbytery of Chicago for that final clearance where he will be examined on his faith and preach before the committee. And uh, it's kind of a harrowing moment, but also that means after tomorrow, which we assume will all go well. He'll be free to seek a call. But then that's sad too, because that means you're going to leave us and go somewhere else in the country. There's some understanding of where that might be, but I guess I shouldn't mention any of that too early. We'll wait till that's a done deal. So uh, uh, we, are, we celebrate that, both um, finally the end of, it's been a few years counting internship and stuff. And I would like to thank everyone for the prayers and their support through this process. And thank you for helping me be on the light and all the ways in life. So thank you very much to the congregation and for helping me go through this process. Great. I'm sure Matt and Jennifer will be out in the lobby after worship. You have a chance to catch up with them and, and uh, find out some more details of what's going on. Uh, some concerns that I would share with you, uh, Gordon Crombie, uh, surgery to remove one of his kidneys has been postponed. He's going to be undergoing a biopsy this week um, um, at the, and waiting to find out what's going to happen there. Uh, Casey Graham um, was hospitalized this past week at Alexian Brothers. Uh, she's battling an eating disorder. I ask you to keep um, her in your prayers, but as you might imagine, a pretty difficult time for the family, so maybe no phone calls uh, to their house uh, right at the moment. Also, uh, Barbara Siligmuller was hospitalized a week ago um, with Meniere's disease. Uh, she's still not feeling too up to par, though she's home. She has some dizziness, some other distress. Uh, keep her in your prayers. Um, Eric, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, Herpe, uh, asked for prayers for his cousin Matthew, who is undergoing chemotherapy for cancer. Uh, prayers for uh, a Gary suffering with Guillain-Barre syndrome. And Dan Miller asked for prayers for his cousin Mary, who's just um, entered into uh, hospice care. Are there any other joys or concerns you'd like to lift up? Yes. As past chaplain of the American Legion, I'd like to remember all those in the service, those that are lying in beds in pain, those that have given their all. God bless America. Thank you. You'll notice in the bulletin under the homebound and ongoing health concerns, we also have a list of folks that we're aware of associated with our congregation who are in service now. We remember those who serve and have served and continue 
to pay the price for serving. Are there others? Yes, Barb. Great. Good news. John. Mike, uh, prayers for the family and friends of Jackie Garza. She's a co-worker of Gables. She's not dead. Prayers for Jackie Garza's family who, who died suddenly on Friday. Any others? Let us turn our hearts to God. Loving, gracious, almighty, eternal God, we continue in the hope of Easter. That tomb is empty. And you are alive and well among us. Because Christ is alive, we dare to make big requests, to ask for large things. In the light of eternity, we call on your name for healing, for Gordon and Casey, for Barb and Jackie's family, for Matthew and Gary and Mary. We ask for the healing of bodies, for especially for fear to be removed and anxiety taken away, that they might know the peace of your presence very closely and dearly in their lives. We thank you for those who serve in the military, for those who have served flood victims in Iowa, for those who teach and build and deliberate for those who rule and make decisions that affect us all. We're thankful that Joshua is coming home from the hospital. We're thankful that, that Matt is coming to the end of this long process of ordination. And we look forward to the ministry that you will call him into in the months and the years ahead. Lord, today we pray for those without work, for those without homes, and for those who believe that they have no hope. 
we call upon you as the God of hope to bring comfort. Help us to have understanding, to reach out as you reached out to us with compassion, to open our hearts, our wallets, our lives. And we ask that you help us do this most difficult of things, to allow ourselves to be helped. Help us to receive. We who want to do nothing but serve. That we might learn both sides of the life of Christ. Lord, all of these things we pray in the spirit and the name of your son Christ who also taught us to pray, saying together, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.